0: What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Newly released documents appear to indicate Holtec International intends to use the Palisades Nuclear Power Plant as a model for reinvigorating nuclear power generation globally. That's according to documents shared by Kevin Camps with the anti-nuclear energy group Beyond Nuclear. He obtained the document through a Freedom of Information Act request and says it shows Holtec bought the plant with no intention of decommissioning, that they plan for modular nuclear units there, and their projected cost for restarting Palisades is more than $2 billion, much larger than originally thought. Holtec has asked for $800 million more than we ever knew about. We've been using the figure of $1.2 billion for this Department of Energy Civil Nuclear Credit Program funding request by Holtec. The actual amount, uh, to quote Holtec, is roughly $2 billion. Pat O'Brien is the Director of Government Affairs and Communications at Holtec and says while he doesn't have exact figures on the money, there will be a lot spent. It's going to be intensive to, to bring the, the unit back online, obviously, because you have to go through and ensure that you know, all your safety systems are, are in, in the best shape, all the systems to run the reactor. So there, there's obviously the cost associated with that. As far as an overall bait and switch, buying the plant for the sole purpose of repowering it, O'Brien says that's just not the case. The plant continues on a path to decommissioning. Um, you know, subsequently, we have been trying to work to repower that facility. In July 2022, Holtec filed an application with the Department of Energy laying out its plan to defer decommissioning work as long as they can to avoid unrecoverable costs. Camp says deferring maintenance work on a nuclear power plant is extremely dangerous. They're giving a little bit of lip service anyway to the steam generator replacement that needs to happen, has needed to happen for more than 20 years. They're going to do it in-house and they're going to make that $500 million. But at least they acknowledge the steam generators are problematic. It's a pathway to meltdown. Camp says the next big deadline is in November. It's part of the relicensing process. He says his group will continue to fight the Palisades project at every twist and turn. O'Brien says the tide of public sentiment is turning toward nuclear energy, and they look forward to continuing the project. The Berrien County Road Department wants you to know that starting tomorrow, Tuesday, Pipestone Road will be closed to through traffic between Napier Avenue and Mall Drive for approximately three weeks to complete storm drainage-related work. A contractor completing the utility work will result in a total closure of Pipestone Road. No through traffic will be permitted between Napier Avenue and Mall Drive. Drivers are asked to seek alternative routes or utilize the detour until the road is reopened. There are some local access points available, but the main detour is Napier Avenue to Plaza Drive, to Fairplane Drive, to Mall Drive, back to Pipestone Road. An Iowa woman is dead following a crash over the weekend with an alleged drunk driver in Berrien County. Berrien County Sheriff's Department says it happened around 5 a.m. Sunday morning on eastbound I-94 in Lake Township near mile marker 15. The investigation found a vehicle driven by 69-year-old Lynn Calkins was rear-ended. She was then taken to Corwell Hospital and pronounced dead. The driver of the other vehicle is alleged to have been intoxicated at the time of the crash. A 34-year-old male suspect was arrested on a felony charge of operating while intoxicated, causing death, and booked into the Berrien County Jail. The crash remains under investigation. Ford Motor Company Executive Chairman Bill Ford is calling on auto workers to come together and end a month-long strike that he says could cost the company the ability to invest in the future. In a rare speech during contract talks in Dearborn, Ford said high labor costs could limit future investments. The great-grandson of company founder Henry Ford said that it will cost many jobs and America will eventually lose in the end. The company is at an impasse with the United Auto Workers Union, which walked out of Detroit's big three factories on September 15th. As the auto strike now enters its second month, the UAW's tactics are changing. Michigan News Network reporter Jeff Gilbert has more. UAW President Sean Fain now moving into surprise mode, indicating he will give very little notice as he adds more plants to the walkout, possibly as early as this week. Other workers could be going off the job soon. Workers at Detroit's casinos could be hitting the picket line. Luke Sloan has this report. Contracts expire today for workers at Detroit's three casinos, Hollywood Casino at Greektown, MGM Grand, and Motor City. 99% of unionized casino workers voted to authorize a strike. They're seeking higher wages, also better retirement benefits. Leaders with the union say Detroit casino workers sacrificed raises and shouldered heavier workloads so the industry could recover from the pandemic. In a statement, Hollywood Casino at Greektown says they're committed to working constructively to develop a mutually beneficial agreement. I'm Luke Sloan for the Michigan News Network. Turning to politics, a new survey is out showing a majority of Michigan voters do not want to see Joe Biden and Donald Trump face off next November. MNN's Ryan Recker reports. The winners... Are Trump in Whitmer, but not Biden? In a recent MRG Commission Michigan poll, Trump would win a direct head-to-head matchup by seven points. The reason? Largely attributed to Biden's decline of support from within the Democratic base. 79% of Democrats say they plan to support Biden in 2024, while 84% of Republicans say they support Trump. As for the independent voters, they're going to Trump, too, by 9%. They mentioned the fading support of President Biden and his base should be concerning for the party, but it's not all bad for the Democrats in Michigan. If there was a direct matchup between Donald Trump and Gretchen Whitmer, that one would go to Whitmer by six points. Ryan Recker for the Michigan News Network. And the South Haven Speaker Series will explore the marijuana business in Michigan for its final engagement of the year. Jennifer Rinkertink, the point person of the cannabis issue for Michigan Municipal League, will explore the economic impact and status of the cannabis industry with the topic, Cannabis, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The presentation will be on October 26 at the South Haven campus of Lake Michigan College, starting at 7 p.m. The Michigan Municipal League advocates for cities, towns, and villages. In her role as Assistant Director of State and Federal Affairs, Rinker has worked with many communities as they process what to do with marijuana in their municipality. Michigan voters chose in 2018 to legalize the recreational use of marijuana. State-licensed sales of recreational cannabis began in December 2019, and it's estimated that monthly sales of marijuana in Michigan is around $60 million. That's according to the Michigan Cannabis Regulatory Agency. In Van Buren County, six municipalities, including South Haven Township, allow the sale of recreational marijuana. In the WSJM newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg, continuing our news coverage, looking at national and international, first with a report from ABC. This is what it sounded like today in Tel Aviv. Sirens going off, they briefly forced Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to take shelter in a bunker with the war cabinet. Blinken's back in Israel to show firm U.S. support of Israel's right to defend itself. U.S. officials have said that the Pentagon will not send U.S. troops to help Israel in the war with Hamas, but the military is putting about 2,000 service members on high alert just in case. ABC's Andy Field explains why. Those 2,000 Pentagon personnel on standby are not combat troops. Instead, they would offer advising, support, and medical assistance to Israel if needed. Pentagon officials say they would be there to help prevent an expanded war, not help Israel fight the current battle with Hamas. It is not clear what would trigger actually sending those Americans to the region. With continuing coverage, Israel-Hamas war. Daria Albinger, ABC News. President Biden is considering an invitation to travel to Israel and discuss the current war with Hamas, but it's not clear if it's safe for him to go there. With more on this question, we go back to ABC's Andy Field. Senior U.S. officials say if President Biden goes to Israel, he would try convincing its leaders not to occupy Gaza and further inflame tensions. The Secret Service worried about not being able to provide the president proper protection, and the U.S. urging caution so far has not appeared to change Israeli minds as that government prepares for what seems to be a major invasion. A court appearance and funeral today in Illinois after the stabbing death of a boy and the wounding of his mother because of their Muslim faith. ABC's Derek Dennis reports. Shackled and appointed a public defender, 71-year-old Joseph Zuba, appearing in court. is accused of stabbing six-year-old Wadia al Yume to death 26 times in the Chicago suburb of Plainfield on Saturday. Police say Zuba was the landlord of the boy's mother and confronted her over the war between Israel and Hamas, killing the boy and also stabbing the mother, a Muslim refugee from the West Bank. A federal investigation opened in the case. The feds see a, a right that's been violated. Legal analyst Gil Sofer, a funeral for the boy by Muslim custom happening on the same day as Zuba's court appearance. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The judge overseeing former President Trump's federal election interference case today, partially granting the government's request for a gag order, restricting President Trump from making disparaging statements related to his federal election subversion case. ABC News senior reporter Kathleen Falders was inside the courtroom. He can still attack the Biden administration if he so wishes. He can say it's politically motivated. But the big question now becomes what happens if he violates this? His top attorney, John Loro, said in the courtroom today that whatever order was issued, that the Trump legal team would likely uh, appeal it, for example. They haven't issued an appeal yet, but when do they do that? How fast does this get appealed? Does he violate it? And if he does violate it, what are the sanctions that the judge said she would impose? In other political news, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan is trying to get enough votes to become the next House Speaker. Jordan was the last candidate standing after Louisiana Republican Steve Scalise dropped out due to lack of support. 55 Republicans voted against Jordan in a secret ballot last week, but some have changed their minds. Still, Jordan can only lose the support of four Republicans to become the next Speaker. ABC News political contributor Rachel Bade says the vote on the House floor is slated to take place tomorrow. The difference between Jordan and Steve Scalise and even Kevin McCarthy before him is that he is loved by the base. He is the conservative darling of the far right, the founder of the Freedom Caucus. He has Donald Trump's endorsement. And a lot of Republicans right now are calling Republican offices and saying, you need to back Jim Jordan for speaker. So, you know, there's this belief in the Jordan camp that this public pressure is actually going to help move votes. And finally, looking at the economy, the work-focused social network LinkedIn is the latest technology firm to announce a round of layoffs. ABC's Mike Dubusky has more. 668 workers are being let go from LinkedIn. The layoffs affect the company's engineering, product, talent, and finance teams. In a statement, the company said talent changes are a difficult but necessary and regular part of managing our business. In May, LinkedIn laid off more than 700 employees, while parent company Microsoft let about 10,000 workers go at the beginning of this year. Microsoft also recently completed its acquisition of Activision Blizzard for almost $70 billion dollars. Mike Dabusky, ABC News. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.